This is The Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. Hey, everyone. Uh, this is Patrick Donahoe. Welcome to This Morning Show. We are on episode 148 of The Wealth Standard Radio, and I have a special guest that I'm going to uh, uh, interview. His name is Andy Tanner, author of uh, several books now, and I think he has a couple of ebooks out now as well, but you know his his two uh, two bestsellers are Four One Chaos and Stock Market Cash Flow. Of course, Stock Market Cash Flow was written with the Rich Dad uh, organization, and he is one of uh, one of the advisors of Robert Kiyosaki. And really, it's such a pleasure and treat to know him. He lives local, and we get to hang out. One of the one of the sharpest guys, one of the most humble guys too, but one of the sharpest guys I know. And really, it, it's a uh, it's a pleasure to always interview, and we have some super high-level conversations. And really, what we decided to do uh, for this one is to is, is just to kind of get into one of our normal conversations and talk about kind of what we're passionate about, what uh, what we think uh, is the best course of action for an investor, for an entrepreneur, for a small business owner, so that they can you know really achieve something in their life. And Andy hit on something uh, in the interview that's going to be really uh, important to listen to, which is if you think money is your end, then uh, you're always going to be disappointed. And really, we get into you know the idea behind. Behind uh, where your drive comes to, where your passion comes through, and how do you relate that to an investment, or how do you relate that to a business? Because that's really, uh, if you can find that that vein, it's uh, it's going to produce some awesome fruit for you. So it's an awesome interview, and Andy, of course, uh, is with me a lot lately, just because of the Cashflow Wealth Summit that we're preparing for. So the Cashflow Wealth Summit is June 8th and 9th. Uh, so coming up here in just uh, just a few weeks. But if you aren't registered already, go ahead and do that. It's uh, Cashflow Wealth Summit. Dot com, and we have some awesome, awesome speakers. All the rich side advisors are going to be there. Uh, we have an economist named Paul Cleveland, who is one of my favorite people. Has some amazing stories, awesome insight on the economy. Uh, so he's going to be speaking. Uh, we have uh, Jeff Woods, we have Jason Hartman, and a number of other just high-level speakers that I'm super excited to uh, to hear myself. Uh, uh, and and so I, I know you guys will uh, will enjoy them as well. So they're good friends of mine. And I really wanted to get everyone together and share a uh, very similar message about a lot of the opportunity that exists right now, despite a lot of the chaos and concern and anxiety that most people have. But anyway, let's uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and cut to Andy and uh, in our interview. Hey everyone, I'm with my amazing friend, the Mr. Renowned author, <laughs> entrepreneur, basketball star. Basketball coach star. Oh my! What word. else? What, can, what other titles can we put on this? You know, I wish. Uh, businessman. If I philosopher, know, can I put philosopher? You're on in that? the life insurance business. Yeah. You know, if my life ends, you're speaking. If you can make up that much, you know, about me, basketball star, really. Yeah. Maybe in my own mind. Well, didn't didn't you have like some local group you played with, f- and like like an over fifty group or something like that? <laughs> Do you win some tournament? <laughs> yeah, star exactly. That's called the has-beens. Man. I was, I was in bad. college, I couldn't jump, I couldn't shoot, I could foul. That's the joke I always tell. So they get, they give you a scholarship if you can foul. Yeah. Anyway, this is Andy Tanner for you guys. You guys, you can't tell. Yes, and but no, you but introduce yourself. Right, we're gonna do. Yeah, uh, introduce yourself too, because we're gonna do like dual, uh, aren't we? Yeah. I'm Patrick Donahoe. For everyone who doesn't know, I'm with my amazing friend Andy, and Andy is with his amazing friend me. <laughs> this is not starting, well, is it? I think we it's fine. Oh, okay. just roll, just roll, go just for it. Roll, go yeah, for we're it. we're live. We're live. <laughs> Nothing you can do about it. We are. It. So Patrick and I have been friends for a lot of years now. We met uh, on an investing cruise with mm-hmm. all these investors. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, we found out we had a lot in common, and uh, we've, met, we've been friends ever since. So every once in a yeah. while we get together and talk about all things cash flow, and, and it's good to uh, it's good to hang out. So We talk about a lot of stuff, business, yeah. philosophy. Philosophy, <laughs> it's everything else. But you're, I, I, so the reason I said basketball star, because, again, you have, like, the players that are stars, but then you have people that are, like, passionate and go yeah. – and go all all in and you're like you're an all-in guy right 100%. so i remember i remember we were at tom's wedding you know yeah, it's been it's been a year a year exactly yeah. one year's anniversary was last week and you know it was with your sons you yeah. i mean regardless of where you shoot you shoot hoops we did make sure that they're you know That's establishing right. that habit you that you know, this, didn't you? yeah it, it, it i mean you when you're in for something you're in Right? That was awesome. And that's, I consider that a, a star. We went out and the, there was no light. <laughs> and you still made them shoot <laughs> we all their baskets. We were, I was like, hey, we were out there. Like, when they shot like you were like trying to dodge it you couldn't see it the It was ball. really nice because I acted like mine went in and no one could see. <laughs> so it was nice. But, you know, that's the other thing that's fun is how well our kids get along together. I mean, it's funny how kids are. They just off and they're playing and oh, they're no. having fun. Especially they, the same age. Yep. And if they have... I mean, you're because you have amazing you have amazing kids, and my kids like fluctuate, you know, a little bit. But <laughs> but when when they're with amazing kids, right, and especially when they're with with good like good people, because you with people you can tell when a person is a good person when they're they're funny, they're professional. They're you, I mean, there's there's a kind of an aura that exists. It's funny you that, say you know, funny you say that. Marcy was asking about your kids. She goes, "How come Patrick's kids are good so good?" I go, "He's got a secret." She goes, what's that? I go, Cynthia. <laughs> That's true. Dude, totally true. Totally true. But it's, it's one of those things where they, 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 they do really good when in those types of environments yeah, when there's well. like a, there's, a, there's this like bar that's set for them. And I think with, you know, with Zach and David, there's a totally a bar set there. But, you know, I think, I think, you know, and I think this is a good topic, especially, I mean, we're just, you know, shooting the breeze, but this is a podcast. I mean, we're, I think there's very valid points to the, this idea in a sense. Uh, where, you know, f- number one, when you go all in on something, uh, and then number two, people that hang- you hang out with, okay, your environment, the environment that you create for yourself, but also the environment that you create for your family, for your business, and so forth. So I think the first point, which is interesting, which is the investing idea, right? Because you and I talk about this all the time, because, I mean, I get to talk to a lot of a lot of people. You know a, a lot of people, talk to a lot of people, and you get to see, like, what financial decisions they make, why they did this, why did they do that, what are their failures here, what are their failures there? And what does it always really come down to, right? It comes down to an emotion that drives a decision, right? It was an education and logic that drove the decision typically. Yeah. And I think when it's, you know, when that happens, it, it's never going to end up uh, good. Now, you may gain, right? But what that, what's that going to do to your behavior? Now you're going to associate anything that you gain in the future financially with risk and gambling. Yeah. So the idea behind investing, how I, how I look at it is, if you're not all in on something, if you're not passionate about something, if you're not going to go and study to the nines on something, then you really shouldn't have any of your money there. This is a huge point. I was on a flight and uh, sitting next to a, a surgeon going to go give some talk at the you know surgeon seminar conference event, whatever. And uh, he you know pretty much gave his CV to me. You know he's going through all his accolades and everything he'd done, and, and he was very very proud of, of how smart he was. And so uh, I sat and listened to him. You know, I didn't have my headphones on quick enough. <laughs> so I listened to this guy the whole flight about his cardiology and, and all this stuff. 
And then uh, about 15 minutes left in the flight, he, he ran out of stuff to say amazing. He says, so what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> and I talked a little bit about, you know, education and teaching investing. He goes, well, you know, just give it to me. You know, if you could just tell me like in one sentence or two sentences, you know, where to put my money. And I thought to myself, you know, this guy's passionate about surgery. And if I were to say, hey, you know what? I was thinking about doing a, a bypass on myself tonight. Uh, you know, you got any pointers? <laughs> and Did if, you say that to him? No, I didn't, oh, but I wanted to. Yeah. I, I wanted to say, you know, hey, I was thinking about, you know, maybe, uh, you know, my tricuspid cap valve's been acting up. I was thinking about going and maybe replacing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you got any pointers for me? Mm-hmm. The amount of dedication, <clears throat> excuse me, the amount of effort, the amount of passion, mm-hmm. as you said, that goes into that. And I think financial education gets disrespected and and it's advice. You know, tell me what to do with my money. Should mm-hmm. I buy gold? It drives, I don't know if you get this, it drives me crazy. Uh, after a while, people say, Andy, if you had $10,000, what, what would you, you do, do with it? Or should I buy gold or should I buy silver? Should I buy oil or should I buy real estate or should I buy you know, XYZ yeah. stock? Yeah. If I say yes or no, they haven't gotten any smarter. No. They ask that question, the answer is always going to be, Nothing. Yeah. How good? Yeah. <laughs> how good are you at it? You know, is yeah. is gold a good investment? Yeah. Well, then, what do you know about gold? Are you passionate about gold? Do you know the ins and outs of gold? And I think there's, you know, I, I mentioned this. There's life skills, and there's skills for hire. You know, tying your shoes a life skill. Driving your car, most people choose to make it a life skill. Yep. Uh, investing is a life skill, and yet we've made it one of those skills for hire. Uh, and so it's become an advice culture rather than a knowledge culture. And that's what's been programmed, yeah. right? Because that's where most people look to. They say, okay, I have a specialty-ish. And then they look, I need to find a specialist somewhere else to do this. And, that, and investing, it's 100%. And you mentioned passion. Um, in the last year or so, you know, as an educator, you learn about how people learn. And you learn about mm-hmm. their motives. And yep. if and if you go out, if you if you and I leave your office here, your studio, and we go out on the street and we ask who would like more money, we'll get a hundred percent yeses. Yeah. Who would like you know freedom? Hundred percent yeses. Yeah. But those people are passionate about the rewards. They're not necessarily passionate about the process. Yep. And I really believe that the people who do well. You mentioned my boys. You know they like to practice. Uh, same with their music. They enjoy mm-hmm. piano practice. The day they don't want to do it, they don't have to. Uh, and I think a lot of people look at education as going to the dentist's office to get the root canal so they can yep. have a nice smile later. Because all they associate it with is formal education. Yeah, and exactly, because that's how college was. Yep. It was it was a get-out-of-the-way worm. Yep. It was something to be completed and moved off of, where true financial education is something that, that people could might discover. They could be passionate about it. And they might enjoy the process mm-hmm. of entrepreneurship, you know, getting your business cards together, setting up your domains, getting all your legal in order, getting all your paperwork going, yeah. starting the process of advertising. I, I, I enjoy that, slaying those dragons. I, I enjoy do. solving problems. I do too. I think last year I went to Blair's, Blair's event. The gosh, what's it called? Like the ma- sales master mastery, facilitator master, program? No, it wasn't facilitator. Sales it was explosion? Like, yeah, you go. It was like the in, like his intro, like his entry. Yeah, event. sales explosion. I'd never, I, I've always, I mean, I've read his books, and but I'd never seen him live. Passion. But, but down there, oh, in, to the nines. Yeah. Uh, just amazing how he cr- controls the energy of the of the room. Uh, but but one of the things I walked away from there is 
really if you look at the and there were some people that you know it's like whatever i saw some like toy disc there was like you know half the room was hairstylists <laughs> and so yeah yeah well, like redkin i mean yes. redkin yeah, there you go, redkin. yeah they all come from these redkin franchises yeah and you know some of them were disconnected but there were others where that event changed changed their life so 100%. so I, I looked at i looked at that and i said you know how often do we consider investment outside of us and i think for 99 percent of the time it is but think of you know that type of investment for a person you know a thousand bucks to go you know a couple thousand dollars in travel and food and whatever but what type of person will they be after that and what type of value can they create for the world that will increase their income they might spend three four thousand dollars there but who knows you know, like they'll make it a promotion they might you know want to do some marketing they might you know, management training or leadership training and there you know get a raise get a bonus right there if you can if you can control that now that's proof that you can control something else that you're passionate about blair an event like blair's enables you to serve more people that's what he does 100%. he helps you become bigger uh, to where you serve more people and wealth follows that it's service and he's, boy, you talk about passion. You can tell that guy's oh. going strong. Oh, yeah. And he could retire, you know, and he's he's getting close to what most people are looking at his retirement mm-hmm. age. And Blair can imagine stopping what oh. he does. Well, why would you stop doing something you love to do? He doesn't make sense. absolutely passionate about it. So my, my big thing for anyone listening, you know, what's a big takeaway? It's a question. Hey, am I getting into investing for rewards only, or am I going to really find something that I'm passionate about? Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship, stock market investing, real estate investing, commodities investing. What lights you up? And you might discover that you not only, you know, in hindsight, as you look back, it's not just the championship that you won. It was the journey, yeah. going to practice every day, sweating and bleeding with your teammates, forging yep. those relationships. Yep. The journey is amazing, uh, an amazing thing. Most people, all they want is reward, and they're not passionate about the the effort. You know, people say no no reward without work, but yeah. they might fail to realize some work can be very rewarding. It can be very fun. It's I think it's the most rewarding thing you can do when yeah. you. I think it's just part of our part of our nature. But when we when we find something we love to do and it's valuable to somebody else, and we're able to continually help somebody with that. There's no better, there's no better feeling, no better reward. I mean, that's what I think. Yeah. That's what fuels Blair. Because if the audience was telling Blair, "Listen, I don't understand anything you're saying. Uh, you know, you're you have no energy. You have no." He's not going to keep doing it, right? But because he's able to see the change in yeah. people, and he's made the connection between one human being and another, and how one can influence and change another, or give them a different perspective, so that they can start to think or remove blockage, so they can make headway in this area or that area. I mean, that right there—that's—that's. That's, I I can't do that, you know, personally. I, but Blair, I mean, it's kind of a gift or a calling that he's been given, and he's totally owned it. Well, you're kind of weird that way, though. You're bizarre. A lot of yeah. people wouldn't understand you. Yeah. If 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 financial freedom, wealth, you know, time, all that is the reward. Mm-hmm. Education is the process. Mm-hmm. And you in, in the life insurance business, mm-hmm. what life insurance companies care about education? No. Nobody Zero. does. So you're a little weird that way yeah. in that you are, well, this weekend you're going to uh, uh, Jekyll Island. Yeah, Friday. To learn. Yeah. Uh, and I was jealous that I wasn't able to invite myself on that trip. But to go learn, and and I met you on a summit where a real estate summit where we were learning, mm-hmm. and whenever I whenever we cross paths, it's always in the context of mm-hmm. learning, which really is bizarre, mm-hmm. because most most guys in your situation would be about, hey, let's just amp up sales, amp up sales. I've mm-hmm. done, and 
your personal development and your craving for that is really weird yeah. or unique in that in that industry. It, it, it's not out of place by any means, mm-hmm. but it's not common. Well, that's the thing. I, I I don't know where I made the connection, but it's I I I have made the connection between the environment that you're in that creates an idea and what you do with that idea. And ideas, I think, are the, ideas second to relationships are one of the most powerful things that you have. The ability to think, the ability to come to conclusions, the ability to come up with something. And you, and if you're in like your comfort zone, never, those ideas are never going to flow. You're, you're fortunate when you have a desire to get more education because coinciding with the desire, frankly, is a necessity. We were speaking about the year 2015 to the year 2016. It's changed. Totally changed. On its heel. I mean, it's insane. Just the change has taken place in one year. There, there's a there's a saying in in stock market investing, or saying there's it's not really a saying. There's a phenomena would be better to say, and the phenomena is called obsolescence risk. It's blockbuster video might be a great mm-hmm. example. Uh, it's it's word perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's Lotus or uh, you know. the staple. Or not staples, but. Uh, not Barnes and Noble. The what's well, it called? Barnes Bar- and Noble would be close. Yeah, they're, clo- they're, they're super they're close. They're headed that way anyway. Toys R Us. The way mm. the way people do things becomes obsolete very very quickly, and it seems to be obsolescent risk seems to be compounding, and so the the traditional dogma or philosophy was put in your learning years, and then go into your working years. We had the learning years and then the working years. The reality of it is, is they're all learning years. And uh, you'll go up on campus and you'll say, what are you doing? And they'll say, well, I'm trying to finish my education. And, and Robert Kiyosaki talks about the word education coming from the root word he do say, which means to draw out, you know, pull it out, pull mm-hmm. out the potential. Why would you want to stop learning? Mm-hmm. Why would a goal to be to stop learning? Is, I want to finish my education early if possible. You know, if I can get finished early, I want to stop learning early I and get to working. Early. And the reality of it is, is, is that's, you know, Robert's an insatiable student like you. Mm-hmm. He's always reading something new, always in some new program, constantly, you know, in, in, and he's retirement age. You know, he's not retiring ever, but he's an insatiable learner, mm-hmm. a passion for uh, a wonderful teacher, but even more, well, everyone knows him as a great teacher, and he is. He's one of the best. But boy, a lot of people outside of his inner circle fail to know he's just an insatiable learner. Hmm. Just he cannot be satisfied. He wants to learn. What's, What's the drive? Learn? Like, what is what is driving? What, well, why does he want to learn? I think it's a passion, like you said. I think it's who he is. He's passionate about learning, which is ironic because he hated school. He despised school, and I, I didn't like school either, but I do love learning, and mm-hmm. people forget that, that often work can be rewarding, and learning is illumination. And like we said, it, it, it coincides. You're very fortunate if you love learning, because if you don't, you'll still find it a necessity, and then you're having to do it begrudgingly, but you still have to do it. Why? 2015 is not the same as 2016. And 2016 isn't going to be the same. Like you said, it's compounding. And it, 
you look you look at Moore's law. You look at you know the technological advances that happen every every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mike Mike was in here you know this morning. We were talking about you know uh, Kickstarter and all the different you know campaigns that are on there. He was talking about this like board that you draw on that transcribes everything into a digital note. I mean, it, it's just the techno technological advances are making things obsolete. Right? So schools anything service oriented. Schools going have away. to be nervous with obsolescence risk. I think they, they've been nervous kids, for a while. My kids, your kids, are growing up. Where they don't, they don't really ask me questions. They just go online and find their own answers. They they know I'm dumb, so yep. they know not to ask dad anything. I don't have a clue, but but they're becoming. I really like it because they're trusting their teachers less, which yep. I think is a healthy deal. I do too. I think the authority figures. They say mm, that's what the authority. I mean, to me, a second grade teacher, she was the authority figure. She yep. knew everything, yep. right? Her and my parents. Those were the two most knowledgeable yep. people. Now I think they just look at more as what they say is. Instead of taking his truth, they say, oh, well, that's her opinion. And it's amazing how they'll scrutinize and disagree. They've learned not to disagree directly. They have those personal skills, but they'll come home and disagree completely. And I think that is, like you said, it's healthy for teachers because I think authority sometimes is very dangerous when it's in the wrong hands. Because that's when you start to exercise opinion as truth. And whenever truth is discovered that contradicts what you think is truth, right, then if you have authority... And it doesn't matter what the other person thinks. Right. All that matters is who has the authority. Right. And, that's, and that's how a lot of our society is led by that idea, which is destructive. But you're right. There are, there are ways in which human beings are policing each other. They're holding each other accountable. It's not going to require the authoritative type of figures that we have right now. For instance, our kids. Our kids aren't going to think our kids will ever get – I mean, maybe my, our oldest might get a driver's license. But before you know it, you're going to have self-driving cars – you're going to have completely, you know, automated Business transportation. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to you got to be panicking if you're a college professor. You got to be sh- hanging on to your tenure, hanging on to whatever establishment stuff you can, screaming to try to make yourself relevant. Yeah. I would I I'd actually cuz think about it. It's like the only reason why they would be panicking is because their knowledge of what's going on. Do you think they really know what's going on? Maybe. I mean, maybe they see it through their students. But uh, they they have a little bit of security in that the culture is you know still go to college, go to college, go to college. But I don't think it's going to last. Look, I, I wrote a little bit about this in my book Four on Chaos because it's a very interesting topic to me. And my great great grandfather, three or four greats, he was Carl G. Mazur. And he was the first president at Brigham Young University, right. which That's people right. would freak out because I'm a Utah guy. Yeah. I hope they lose every game by 50 points in every sport <laughs> they play. And But it was interesting is we have, there's the public history, but we have a private history written by his granddaughter with some very interesting stories. And he came from Germany. He, he uh, was converted to the Mormon church and he came over from Germany to Salt Lake City and he became, by default, he was an educator. Now in Germany... He was renowned. He was respected. And they'd light his pipe and they'd smoke in the in the conservatories and in the in the uh, libraries and discuss philosophy and literature and mm-hmm. they'd argue. Well, he comes out to Utah and he's in a schoolroom house and he'd he'd get a wheelbarrow and he'd go from house to house saying, Hey, could I have a head of cabbage because I taught your kid how to read today? And they hated him because he they looked at him as indolent and lazy. He didn't have the calloused hands that the farm hands had. And in those days, whether you learned to read or not was less important because you could bring in a harvest. As the Industrial Revolution comes, it was it was acceptable to leave high school. You probably want to finish high school, but you can go in the military. Yep. 
You could go into the workforce. Yep. And if you went to college, you went to college. But in our generation, you know, 60s, 70s or so, there's a huge campaign that if you worked with your hands, you were dumb. And if you worked with your head, you were smart, which mm -hmm. is totally a lie. And the blue-collar worker was put down, and the white-collar worker was exalted. But today, the white-collar workers can't do anything. No. They don't know how to do anything. That's why unemployment's rough. That's why MBAs are hilarious. I got an MBA. Sorry, if you're listening. Look, if you're listening and you have an MBA and you're offended by that, mm -hmm. the reason you'd be offended is because you know you don't know how to really do anything. You need a job. Yep. Well, it's it's a it's a fixed mindset. There's a there's a oh gosh, he's he has a PhD, but she wrote the book Mindset. It talks about fixed mindset and then flexible or variable or growth mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, fixed mindset is you, you come to this point and you know a person has a fixed mindset when they're always trying to defend themselves and they put a title in front of their face. They say, <laughs> yeah. I'm like your yeah. cardiologist. Yeah. Like, I've done yeah. this, I've, I've done this, this I've done this, I've done this. Self-promotion. Right. And it's like, in the end, like they say, I, I've arrived. I'm done. I'm fixed. Yeah. I know everything that I need to know. I'm just going to ride the rest of my life off of it. But that is, you know, especially how quickly evolving our society is. If you don't have that growth mindset, you're done. College is funny. The first two years is just general ed. I mean, it's basically knowing a little bit about a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. You have a credit in science and a credit in literature and a credit in this and a credit in that. You can answer a few questions on Jeopardy once in a while. But in an economy that moves fast... You know, it's specialized knowledge, it's evolving knowledge, and it's a knowledge that, that becomes obsolete, and you, you, you learn more. You learn more. It was interesting. I was, there was a, and he's, so my wife's from Mexico, you know that, but her, like, there's this, like, weird, like, Hispanic, like, like it's like a, a tractor beam. They, they, they're like tractor beams. They like attract each other. Like there's, yeah. if there's like a, someone, and they all like you know they have they have things in common. And they like become instant friends or whatever. But anyway, there's a person who had dinner with us the other night, and he works for a steel company that does glazing, and they're doing uh, some of those the new building at 111 Main Street. Yeah. And there's like there's like 30 35 feet by uh, 15 feet panels of glass, like huge panels of glass. But anyway, he was talking to me about, you know, his career and what he wants to do and he wants to break off and start his own business. And I'm like, well, why do you want to, why do you want to start your own business? He's like, well, the guys that are old, you know, and they don't, they're not using the new, the new programs and they're really inefficient with this and really inefficient with that. And on, and I've seen this in a number of different businesses where you have this fixed mindset of people that have bought into this societal belief that, you know, your formal education is all you need. And, and, they, and, and they decide, whoever they is, the school board, you know, these people get together and they're the ones that decide what they think is important for people to learn or vital for yep. people to learn. And it's simply their opinion. I like the idea that my kids can use their iPad and they get to choose now what is important to them. Values in the eye of the beholder, uh, like beauty, it's a difference of opinion. Frog dissection is very, very important, vital for the cardiologist. But if my son is going to be a pianist, uh, it's irrelevant to him. Yeah. You know, he can hire a cardiologist, right? He can hire an oncologist, someone who dissected the frog at some point. Mm -hmm. And I like very much the idea of, of looking at the world and saying, okay, what is interesting to me? What knowledge do I want to seek? What am I passionate about? And choosing that as an individual and using your liberty to choose. I don't like the idea of a school board force-feeding and dictating uh, common core that, that it is there. And it's just their opinion. We think this is what they should be learning. Mm -hmm. 
they don't know. Okay. They're they're elected people. They don't know what's going on. Well, here's the thing. It's like, and most people are like, well, what does this have to do with investing? What does it have to do with everything? Money? It has everything, because people don't re- you don't you don't realize that you know it, invest investing for most for most people is is completely miscontextualized, because it isn't investing. In, investing, how I would look at investing, is is driving something that you are a specialist in, and you're a specialist in it because you have a passion about it. And if you don't have that, be, getting cash, driving. get in something that's why would you get in something that could lose any any money? That you have no idea about. And if you're, you could be 50 years old, you could be 60 years, old, you could be older. Does not mean that you can't find what drives you and that you can have a business out of it look at what people have created businesses around these days you just know, the most bizarre you need look no further than the best investors yeah. if warren buffett loses his money if trump lost his money if branson loses money cuban loses money they get it back again because of what they know yep. not because they had good advisors yep. or they took advice yep. anyone who takes it financial advice at best becomes moderately wealthy if they had a lot to start with mm-hmm. They had to have a good salary and a good job to start with, highly paid, mm-hmm. and they had to get lucky. And even then, the systemic risk is huge. They have to get lucky. Yeah, my, the, I mean, yeah, the it's, real, it's just what you said. The real investor is driving it. He's forcing it to happen. He's not yeah. hoping it, it happens. And he's very, he or she is very, very passionate about learning about their asset class. If you're in gold, you're going to Jekyll Island with Patrick this weekend <laughs> to learn about the Federal Reserve, <laughs> and you're reading you know, um, the new case for gold. Yep. You know, you're reading, you're studying, you're going to the people that know. Yeah, we, we should have a talk on that one. I, I love that book, the written to Rickard's book. Oh, we'll talk re- about that's, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll maybe talk about that the, ne- the next time. He breaks it down with the periodic table. It's amazing. Goes element you, at, he goes element by element. And and it's the perfect element. Isn't, like, it, isn't yeah, it amazing like he just, how he, he gets down, justifies He gold? gets down to silver and gold, and he says, but silver tarnishes, so it now does. i got gold. Exactly. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, I've and never seen an approach like that. Me neither, and I think it's fascinating. Every element from the noble gases yep. to the chlorides to the sodiums, you know. Yep. And he just, de- he just disqualifies element by element as a store of value. So for those who don't know what we're talking Rickard's about, this is a, book. It's a Jim Rickard's uh, Currency Wars and also... Um, the New Case for Gold. No, he has another one too, which is like The Great Crash or something like that. It was one, yeah. the one in between. Yeah. Uh, but he, yeah, he wrote a new, a new book, just barely came out, New Case for Gold, and it's, uh, it's really, really good, really well written. His other books were very historical and very kind of, you know... This is more forward-thinking. Academic. This is a lot more forward-thinking, yeah. a lot easier to read. Uh, but uh, it's a fascinating book, and he's basically in, in the. I think it's a f- the first couple of chapters. He's talking about how gold is is the the perfect element on planet Earth, and he proves it out. He doesn't just say, "Here's my opinion." Yeah, he yeah. proves it out, and he goes through all the different, uh, goes through the periodic table, of and all, says everything. all these things. Here's this is toxic, and uh, this, this you know, is the, not scarce this is not divisible. This one, is too yeah. scarce. This is you know, yeah, so it's, it's it's fascinating. Crazy. Yeah, and it, and it's just uh, he talks about how it's just evolved to be the store of value. But again. The bigger point is, what does this have to do with cash flow? Everything, yep. your cash flow is is directly proportional to your education and your ambition. Yep. Um, you know your knowledge. So another, you know, when I was talking about Zach and David, I, I said the the environment that you put your your kids in, which you've taught me a lot in this regard, where you don't necessarily like to spend money on things; you spend money on experiences. Yeah. Right. You spend money on. Ex- yeah, 
essentially having the experience of being somewhere or doing something, not like reading something online or being on your phone. It's being and experiencing in the physical sense something. Because that right there sears, you know, a different environment, a different place, (laughs) different set of education in a person's mind. I don't know if it's good parenting or if it's abusive parenting. I mean, you know, most kids are going to uh, go to Disneyland and we're going to tour the Fed building. (laughs) Did you go do that? We went uh, in, uh, we actually went to D.C., Okay, and you did it in DC, and uh, and we we toured the Capitol. Okay, and it was interesting because they understand fiscal policy, yeah. and we went to our congressman, you know, and he wasn't actually there, but we talked to his staff. Wow, that's surprising. What he did, yeah, really, what he did, and <sighs> and you know, we were one of his constituents, and and so we we talked to him about what a lobbyist was, and you can actually see they have special tags and guys that want to go. It's the whole history is fascinating for them to learn and. We do some fun stuff. One of the fun trips we took was to Hershey, Pennsylvania uh, at Hershey Park, and then we toured the factory. But more importantly, we talked about the life of Milton Hershey. Mm. Uh, Fourth grade education, went bankrupt twice, started out as actually a Carmel company, uh, went to the New World's Fair, heard of the World Fair, and purchased uh, his, his chocolate equipment there, and the rest is history. You know, I mean, just this extraordinary brand. Uh, amazing, you know, it's right up there with the Cokes and you know all the others, the Goodyears and the the GEs, legacy and companies. It's an amazing company, and and, and the, the spirit of entrepreneurship that they feel, and you know he's in the fourth grade, and for him to say, okay, well he he and I are on the same level. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you know, and that right, I mean, even fourth grade education, and that and that connection right behind that guy didn't get an education, but look everything he built. Right, it wasn't because he didn't have education. He had education, just wasn't of the formal. Wasn't type. formal education. Yep. Yeah, it's very deceptive when you say a guy only had a fourth grade education because that's all they went to. Mm-hmm. He, his father, Milton, not to digress, but Milton Hershey's father was a traveling salesman, and he traveled all around the country, you know, selling this and that. And his son would just go with him on these trips because he'd go months at a time sometimes, and he missed his dad. So as a young boy. You know, we're talking 12, 13 years old. He's going, following his dad, learning the art of sales. Hmm, that's crazy. Great mentorship by his dad. That's a, so that's, you know, and that's what I value more than anything. I mean, I, I do some some investment. I mean, everything I put in is, is basically, you know, guaranteed cash. Because mm-hmm. that's, I find my biggest investment is myself, is, mm-hmm. a, is a business, is being able to produce. Uh, and then as far as investments, you know, the things that I, li- I like and I, I enjoy uh, but the biggest thing I do is is money in coaches, money in events, money in money in experiences where I'm going to be a better person be- because of it. So you know that's what people do. They ask, well, I'll ask you, okay, Patrick, you're spouting off about education, how valuable it is. What are some of the things you've done and do on a regular basis to fuel and and add upon your education? What do you yeah. do? Well, well, so top of mind, so I I. I pulled the trigger six figure expense for uh, a new uh, coach, new business coach this this year. Awesome. And it has been, I mean, it my it freaked my wife out a lot, but it has been the best, the best investment I've made. And it's only I'm only five four and a half months into it. Yeah, amazing that you mentioned a six figure expense. Every household. This is this is an outlandish idea. Every household has a budget for food, for the body, medicine for the body, uh, edu- you know, uh, uh, entertainment for the mind and release. 
wouldn't it be a fascinating notion to have an education budget to literally say, this is the amount of money and, and, a, and a financial budget and a time budget, those two things, is I'm going to spend this amount of money and this amount of time every single month on financial education, yep. on improving myself yep. and what I know financially. Yep. Wouldn't it follow that a person would get, build more wealth if they did? Instead of saying, look, I got my degree, I'm done, mm-hmm. that that was part of your budget every month. Wouldn't that be a fascinating notion? It would, and that's where 401k contributions, IRA contributions, if those went to a fund where people were forced to go find education or, or go do, yeah. it would it would completely change their world it changed their career it changed their pay it changed their level of happiness it changed their relation it changed everything and that's really where you know in order to you know in order to really uh be you have to experience it first and most people the only experience they have with education is not what education but you're, is. But you're like Robert. Here's a six-figure business coach, but I know for a fact that is only part of the iceberg. Uh, I know for a fact, I mean, half the time I'll call you say, hey, let's take our wives out. We're in Florida t- at Anthony Robbins. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, In fact, this weekend I said, hey, let's go. Uh, I'm going to Jekyll Island with G. Edward Griffin to learn more about the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, real estate investing crews with the real estate guys you're always on. I mean, this is like, you know, once a month, once a, more than once a quarter for mm-hmm. you yeah. where you will go out and you'll invest time to, to learn. And I yep. just think it's so interesting that someone who owns and runs, you know, Paradigm Life mm-hmm. is interested in this level of personal development, mm-hmm. which has got to make your clients feel good. Yeah, but it also it's good for the culture here. I mean, that's a big thing that I've been working yeah. on lately is that, your your most the the most important things you have in life are your relationships, and with a business, the most important people, things you have are people, and it's the right type of people in the right places because one bad apple spoils spoils the bunch, and I've seen that a dozen times, and it was it it was always there, but then you know as I've been working with these guys and really looking at the history of what we've done, there are these turmoil points mm-hmm. right that we've experienced three or four times over the years. And those turmoil points always related to trying to get to the next level, but all related to the people you have in your life. It's amazing. It, it, a person, again, it comes down to passion. Some people would say, gee, they, it's whether you want to or not. It comes down, people do what they want to do. And some people like to read fiction. Some people like to le- read financial literacy books. Some people like to go on a uh, vacation to Yellowstone and camp out in the woods. Some people want to go to Jekyll Island and yep. take the ferry out yep. uh, and see where it all happened yep. and learn. Well, me, one of my one of my rules, and this drives some people crazy, especially the people that are closest to me. But I, whenever I think I'm doing something with the grain, I'm done. Like I, I'm like, I'm not. Uh, I'm not doing everything following I want to crowd, do. You following mean? the crowd. I mean that that's a big thing for me is when I look at something being done one way. And everybody's doing it that way. I'm like, ooh, something. Yeah, you're a contrarian. Yeah. Or at least you, maybe not, maybe not by position, but at least by thought is when you see everyone going one way, you have to think, whoa, 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 mm-hmm. which is the opposite of what most people do, of course. Yep. So that's where, you know, and, and it's not that it's something inside me, but it's more of like the, the, the recurring themes in, or reoccurring themes inside of books, inside of, uh, other discussions. Road less traveled type stuff. It is, and it's and it's. There's so many different patterns throughout time that that show that. Awesome. And go, I mean, go to your dude. Go to your example about you know your your uh, uh, 
the, the guy that was the president of BYU, the guy that from, from yeah. Germany, your, yeah. your family member. And, you know, he, all throughout that time, people considered a certain profession. He was profession. ahead of his time. Yeah, and then the people that, you know, the, you know, the, the guys with hands and calluses, and he, he really had the true, at that time, very, a lot of value to be able to teach, but it wasn't considered valuable. wasn't considered valuable. And, 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 and education, there was a time where college was ahead of its time. Yep. Now it's behind the times. Yeah. So now, what is the next? What's the next wave? It's financial education yeah. and personal development. Yep, no and question then, about and it. And also, I think it's it's a gro- that growth mindset where you are not fixed. Your mind is flexible. It's plastic. It's able to be molded. One more crash. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but you had a crash in 2000 that mm-hmm. was devastating to people. You have a crash in in 08 that was devastating to people. You get one more big one like that. You'll have almost a, a whole, you know, two decades now. Of people said, "Wait, I did exactly what I was told. Diversified, bought, held. Now I have no retirement. I think it could be the end of." I mean, people can't. I'm gonna never say never, but people can't just be that complacent and trusting again and again. Yep. Uh, the market's too violent. You know, they'll who learn, knows? Yeah, who, they'll learn gonna, about what you do. Yeah, something's gonna. Yeah, something's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's timing, but in the end, for those that I mean, there shouldn't be any semblance of fear for anybody that knows the fundamentals, like you, and you teach that brilliantly. They understand kind of what the economy is made up of. They understand mm-hmm. how you know different trends occur, and again, it just comes down to education. And when certain things happen. You know that there's going to be, there's always opportunity, but during those volatile times, it's like the Rothschild saying, which when there's blood in the streets, even if it's your own, bye. Yeah, <laughs> even if it's your own, bye, bye, bye. That's pretty funny. Well, it's fun to always spend time with Dude, you. Dude, I love man. talking, yeah. We we've, we've we would have gone, had this conversation like if if it was a podcast or yeah whether it was a podcast it, or not. It's funny because you know we should just carry Mike around because we've had some really good conversations <laughs> late late nights, man. We're due for another mandate. Yeah. Remember that? You're the only guy I've ever gone out with. I want you to know that. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a financial movie. It wasn't like, you know, Legends of the Fall or something no, like no, that. No, no, that would have been, that would have been not good. No, I, it was it, we big, to, the well, big last shorts. podcast we did together was on the big short. It was short. a big short, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people forget about that too early. Um, oh, yeah. Well, but, what's going on right now? Anyway, that's another, yeah, another topic. Another podcast. For hey, we have our summit coming up. Hey, let's give a plug. A um, quick plug as we're out of time. And I it's think. not not just a plug because it's free. And yeah. it was great last year. People were amazed at how cool the technology was, how yeah. easy yep. it was to use. Yep. So lineup of speakers, uh, all the rich dad advisors mm-hmm. will be there. Yep. We're gonna we're gonna uh, try to get an event with Robert and the advisors uh, and stream that. Yep. Uh, so we're gonna do that, and uh, we've got. Real estate guys will be there. I mean, we've got a lot of cool speakers we coming do. in. We've got an economist named Paul Cleveland. Uh, we have a cool startup group that's actual, actually local that does uh, business, really cool business bookkeeping technology. Uh, we have, let's see, who are some of the other guys? We have, uh, you know, uh, how to start your own business from home on the side if you have a full-time position. Anyway, there's a lot of, a lot of cool people on there. The reason the reason Patrick and I both do a podcast and we'll we'll – you know, we'll use this podcast for his, for his podcast and mine. But part of my, my role is to connect people with the people I'm connected with. Mm-hmm. And to say, here, you know, I never like my podcast to be an infomercial somebody. But the mm-hmm. fact is, I'm here to say, hey, who do I do business with? Who do I learn from? Mm-hmm. Who are my contacts? 
So part of the Cash Flow Wealth Summit is an opportunity for people to say, well, who does he hang out with? Who does he learn from? Yep. And uh, 30 speakers probably. Is it we've got 30? Uh, 31. 31 speakers. Yeah. So that's, you know... <laughs> It's huge made. opportunity. Yeah, so it's. I mean, it was fun to do last year. This year it'll be. It'll be awesome. I mean, yeah, we're, Kenny McElroy. I. I don't know what his. I, I imagine he's probably got close to ten thousand doors somewhere in there, eight mm -hmm. to ten thousand. Mm -hmm. And you think to yourself, if I, if I had a chance to listen to a physics professor for two hours, right, or Kenny McElroy for two hours, <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's just. A, I mean, to when do you get a chance to? He listen to someone who's bought 10,000 rental properties, 10,000. Mm -hmm. uh, how'd you do that, dude? And he's self-made. Yeah. You know, he, this is not uh, Fred Trump giving him a million bucks to start with here. It's self-made guy. Kenny, how'd you do that? You know, Tom Wilwright, he's Robert Kiyosaki's tax advisor. Now, if you're Robert Kiyosaki, who can you choose from to be your tax advisor? Anybody. So he chose Tom. What, why? Yeah. What is it that Tom's doing that the other CPAs aren't doing? And, and so it just goes on and on. You know, well, he, asset protection, who does he choose? Yeah. Uh, so it's a huge opportunity at no charge to. Well, another thing, too, and, and then we'll, we'll probably end with this, but yeah, you can go through all the advisors and they're very, all the risk side advisors, and they're, they all have a lot of things in, in common. But the one thing that I've seen in Kenny and in Tom is they, their network, their friends, their relationships are their most important asset. Who who they hang around? Because yeah. I know Kenny does a lot of the YPO YPO stuff. Yep, he does, and a Very lot of his bit, super active. But it, it comes down to your network, comes down to the people that you know, because everybody knows something more than you. You know, you might more know more than them, but guarantee they probably know more than you in certain respects. That exchange makes you both better. Cash Flow Wealth Summit, June eighth and ninth. 2016. Yep. So com to uh, to register. Free. All right. Awesome. Good to chat, man. Dude, Good it's to awesome to chat with you, Andy. All right. We'll see you again Bye. soon. Already one, you can probably tell from that interview that we uh, we definitely love to have a good time, and uh, you know it, it's interesting. My you know my Cynthia, my wife is is uh, is is from Mexico originally, and you know it. Speaking Spanish, you kind of get acclimated to a certain you know a certain accent and a certain tone and a speed as far as speaking. Andy, as you can tell, he's a massive guy. I mean, all you got to do is go back to the Cashflow Wealth Summit archives from last year, and you can see some of our videos. And I look like I'm two feet tall uh, in comparison to him. He's a he's big guy. Big, low voice, and so, you know, we rocked it. It was an awesome time uh, interviewing him. But hope you got a lot out of it. And if you, again, cashflowwellsummit.com uh, to register. And it, it really, it's a, it's an event that uh, was incredible to do last year. And really, our focus is for the benefit of you. It's free. There's no obligation involved. Cashflowwellsummit.com to register. That's it for today. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Wealth Standard Radio Show your gold standard in everything financial.